A new week begins once again on the morning after. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the morning after. You're listening on Sirius XM Channel 204. I am Ben Stevens. My usual co-host, Ariel Epstein, has the day off. She was in Baltimore last night. Birthday magic for Ariel Epstein outweighs the birthday magic of the man they call Magic Mahomes himself. Baltimore gets a win with Ariel in attendance 36 35 we'll touch on that in just a few moments but do not fear we have a great list of guests throughout the entirety of the three hours here on your monday morning on the morning after in that final hour it's two guests FanDuel's tom vecchio to break down the prop market for monday night football tonight between the green bay packers and the detroit lions and our sportsbook conciliary former odds maker himself dave sherapan helps us round out the show hour number two is an hour full of college football a recap of the weekend looking at where the national landscape looks and looking ahead to weekend number four with CFB analyst here on Sports Grid Joe Lisi. But in this first hour, I am very, very pleased to welcome on our first guest host. It is Mike Blewett from here on Sports Grid. Blewett and I have only worked together once on Sports Grid throughout the entirety of our time together, the NFL draft special. So on a Monday morning, doing the morning after, Mike Blewett, it is a pleasure to have you along for the ride. Yeah, buddy. Uh, and it was a pleasure to work with you back then. I'm excited to be here today. You mentioned Ariel's birthday magic. Obviously, uh, she did outweigh Patrick Mahomes, and she's not going to let me live it down because on her special birthday poll that she did, I clearly mm -hmm. voted for Mahomes and had to explain myself to her yesterday pregame. But really one of the most fun games I've seen in a while. Uh, there's a lot of different components that we could break down in that game, but a clear takeover in the fourth quarter, an eight-minute sort of game-winning drive for the Ravens that kept the Chiefs off the field, put the Ravens in the end zone, and they come away with the victory. Yeah, Blue, and I think you bring up a great point. The Ravens rallied last night at home in Baltimore. Lamar Jackson's first ever win over Patrick Mahomes, who, by the way, was a perfect 11-0 entering yesterday's game in the month of September in his career, had 38 touchdowns to no interceptions until he threw that INT late there in the fourth quarter. The Chiefs led 35-24 to at the end of three quarters with Baltimore driving. The Ravens rally. They come back to win. They shut out Kansas City in the fourth quarter and blew it. I think as we break this game, game down, not only did Baltimore cover, they won outright, obviously, the total going way over where it stood around 54 and a half, 55 and a half entering last night, depending on where you got it. It was a huge win for Baltimore, and I think showed a lot about what the chops of this organization have been over the last decade, really, under John Harbaugh. The ability to be aggressive, to be creative, and going for it on fourth and one to ice the game, trusting Lamar Jackson, a great clip of John Harbaugh yelling from the sidelines, getting Lamar's attention, saying, Lamar, Lamar, do you want to go for this? All right, let's do it. They go for it. They seal the deal. They do not give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes, and they convert on fourth down to win that game again, winning 36-35, an outright winner and covering on that spread as well. Yeah, so Lamar rushes for 107 yards and two touchdowns. He threw for 239. Now, we'll say both quarterbacks had pretty key interceptions. Lamar threw a pick six right off the bat. Right, I mean, we are a couple of plays in, and the Chiefs are up 7 nothing, and Mahomes hasn't even touched the ball. But you're talking about Mahomes as we welcome in our radio audience. For those already listening on SiriusXM, we appreciate it. The Mightier 1090 and everybody else across the country, it's Mike Blewett and Ben Stevens on the morning after. So 
You mentioned Mahomes' interception, the first one of his career in the month of September. Pretty amazing stat. Well, the one he threw last night was ridiculous. It was a horrible play. He was already being taken down, and he just tried to fling it uh, to a wide receiver right into the hands of a Ravens defender. It was a really crucial play in the game because they were on the Ravens' side of the field, probably going to go in for another score. And I'll be honest, Ben, I, I was fading into a deep sleep right at the end of the third quarter, right when that happened. And then I was really of the mindset at that moment that, man, the Ravens just can't get any stops. Ariel talks a lot about how uh, Marcus Peters not being there is hurting them, and it clearly is. But the way they bracketed Tyreek Hill and prevented him from getting the ball ultimately helped them defensively. They still let up about 35 points in a lot of yards, though. Patrick Mahomes' first interception in the month of September, a costly one, his first loss in the month of September in his NFL career. The first time, Blewett, the Chiefs do not hold at least a tie of the top spot in the AFC West, dating back to the final week of the regular season in week number 16 of 2016. Also, for Lamar Jackson, 239 passing yards, 107 on the ground as well. Two touchdowns in this game total, his fifth game, of 200 or more passing yards, 100 or more rushing yards in his NFL career. No other player in NFL history has more than three of those games. And Baltimore now the favorites once again to win the AFC North at plus 120. The Cleveland Browns just a couple of cents behind them at plus 125. The Kansas City Chiefs still the favorite despite not holding at least a share of that top spot to win the AFC West Division at minus 220 right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Kansas City still the favorite to win the AFC Conference Championship at plus 250, but Baltimore making its way back up there as well, plus 550 as well, tied for the second shortest odds with the Buffalo Bills. So maybe a small indication from the FanDuel Sportsbook that the great game we saw on Sunday night last night could be what we see by the time we get to the middle part of January as well. We're just getting rolling here on the morning after. So much more NFL action to touch on to recap from this Sunday slate. Ben Stevens, Mike Blewett, we will do that with you throughout this first hour. Stay with us here, Sirius XM, Channel 204. You gotta admit, we make it stupid easy for you. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back here on the morning after, you're listening on Sirius XM Channel 204 alongside Mike Blewett for this first hour focusing on the National Football League and recapping the action. I am Ben Stevens. Much like week one, Mike, underdogs prevailed in week number two. Nine and six so far against the spread are these underdogs with five outright winners. Not an outright winner for an underdog yesterday, though, in Tampa Bay. The reigning Super Bowl champions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, continue to roll, doing so impressively, and doing so, Mike, while scoring a lot of points. They have won nine straight games now, dating back to last season. And in each of those nine wins, 
Tampa Bay's offense, or at least the Buccaneers in total, have scored 30 or more points. They are the first team in NFL history to be in a nine-game winning streak while scoring at least 30 points in each and every one of those victories and absolutely stomped the Atlanta Falcons yesterday, 48 to 25, <clears throat> covering as 12-and-a-half-point favorites at home. That total also going over as well. Mike, the defense really a big reason Tampa Bay was able to cover with a couple of late touchdowns there in the fourth quarter against the Falcons. Yeah, so a few things here. First, there, you mentioned the big spread. There's a couple of big spreads yesterday. One we'll get to later. Cleveland did not cover the two-touchdown spread that they were laying to the Texans, but Tampa did, mainly as a result of what you're talking about, these late defensive touchdowns. Now, everybody here that has seen me on SportsGrid before knows I'm an unapologetic homer for Matt Ryan. That's my guy, uh, BC Eagle. So uh, it pains me to see him throw some killer picks it but is also not rare for him he is unfortunately if he's got one bugaboo in his career it's sort of killer interceptions and yesterday it was desperate times but it was 35 25 they have the ball with eight minutes left they're going to try to make something happen the reality ben is that atlanta couldn't stop tampa at all but matty ice throws this really tough interception he was under pressure he throws a pick six they get the ball back, literally the next possession, a ball is deflected. Same player, Mike Edwards, who had scored just scored the first touchdown of his career, catches a deflected ball and returns that. So he had no touchdowns in his career. He's a third-year defensive back. He's got two inside of three minutes, and he got a taunting call for the second one, possibly the worst taunting call I've ever seen in my life. All he did was run backwards into the end zone. He didn't appear to be saying anything. But the Bucks offense... They really right now are just they're going up against some teams that are challenged defensively, obviously, although Dallas played better yesterday, but just rolling along Gronk, a big part of the offense right now. Mm -hmm. And probably a month from now, we're going to be wondering where Gronk is and look at Antonio Brown scoring touchdowns or Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. They have a lot of weapons. I expected them to smash the regular season. And here they are rolling along. I think it's comparable, Ben, to. The 2003 Patriots were off to a rough start in their season and then started ripping off wins, including a Super Bowl win, and it rolled right into the 2004 season. They ultimately won 20 games in a row before losing to the Steelers in 04. I wouldn't be surprised if this Tampa team is rolling in the same way. I don't know that they'll get to 20, but they're at eight right now and scoring lots of points. I like that nugget about the 04 Steelers and the Boston College tie-in. That is Mike Blewett, folks, yeah. in the first 15 no minutes here. Of the, you know, come on. We got to make sure the people have a true understanding of what's going on. You talk about all the weapons that Tom Brady has at his disposal on that Tampa Bay offense. Five touchdown passes for the 44-year-old Tom Brady yesterday. He now has the third shortest odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook to win the NFL MVP at plus 700. Both Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray tied for the shortest odds at 5-1 to one right now. Tampa Bay itself, minus 250 to win their division, the NFC South. The longest odds, the heaviest odds on favorite to win any division in the NFL currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook. So an impressive win ben, for Tampa one, Bay. One other it, item on yeah, that game. Go ahead. One other item on that game. Um, I didn't do great in player props yesterday. I just went two and two. But I had Brady over two and a half touchdowns. I think you want to look for that prop if you can get it. They sometimes will set it at one and a half with very heavy juice. But if you can find those games where it is two and a half, 
you can generally find it at pretty good. It was minus 102, I believe, yesterday for Brady to get that. And, I, heck, I hit that. Yeah, it was in the first quarter. He, had, he was already done. Two Gronk touchdowns and an Evans touchdown. I mean, player props, Mike, as you know, is a great time, especially early in the year in the first couple weeks, to find yeah. tremendous edges on the FanDuel Sportsbook. You could look at Lamar Jackson in the Sunday night game. He has ran for 85 or more yards in each of the Ravens' first two games so far this season. Look for his rushing yards prop and also look for the rushing yards prop of King Henry. It was not a great start for Derrick Henry in week number one. was not really a great start, Mike, in the first half of the second game for the Titans this year against the Seattle Seahawks yesterday. But then Derrick Henry absolutely turning it on. In the last four years, Derrick Henry has seven games of 180 yards or more on the ground with multiple scores. Everybody else in the NFL has one. Just one is the next most games that somebody has compiled of this impressive stat line. And Derrick Henry yesterday started to turn it on in the final 30 minutes of that game and plus into overtime against the Seattle Seahawks as the Titans win 33-30 to in overtime, covering as the underdog in Seattle yesterday and winning outright. When you look at the stat line for Derrick Henry yesterday, 35 rushing attempts, 182 yards on the ground, and three touchdowns. A big win for Tennessee yesterday, Mike, to come back and to knock off Seattle in the Pacific Northwest, getting the Titans their first win this season. Not just that, he had six catches for 55 yards yesterday, the most in a single game in his career. So Derrick Henry, it was the type of, there were three performances yesterday that were very transcendent and resulted in their team winning the game. Lamar Jackson was one. We've already mentioned him. Uh, we'll get to Kyler Murray a little bit later. And Derrick Henry really just took over that game. Uh, there, Seattle had that game possibly in hand to control it, and Derrick Henry took over. He was absolutely dominant, and he, it is the type of performance that makes you wonder, why didn't I just draft him with my fantasy pick in the first round? Why did I think Dalvin Cook or Alvin Kamara were better options? McCaffrey's getting it done, but right now Derrick Henry – uh, looking like he's at least uh, second in the fantasy rankings. But really a tremendous performance by him. I, I think it's indicative of how tough Tennessee is as a team. Sometimes they're very sloppy, but Vrabel is really tough. They co He coaches aggressively. They play pretty aggressively. And even though they have a lot to be desired in covering pass catchers, uh, this team is going to rip off a lot of games. I still feel very confident they're going to win that division. The Titans, a bottom five passing defense a season ago, allowed Russell Wilson to throw for 343 passing yards yesterday. But if they can fill that up a little bit, this Tennessee team could be dangerous in the AFC. Minus 185 to win the AFC South right now. Of course, Indianapolis 0-2. 2-0 on the other side in the NFC South. The Carolina Panthers and handling the New Orleans Saints yesterday, Mike, who really struggled offensively. Only 128 total yards of offense out of New Orleans yesterday, a week after blowing out the Green Bay Packers 38-3. So the Carolina Panthers, a surprising team to start 2-0, maybe the most surprising, Mike, so far this NFL season. Yeah, I, I will say that I, I, I guess I'm a little – I'm not that stunned, actually, at that they're 2-0 if only because I backed them in both of their games so far this year. If a month ago, was I necessarily confident they'd be 2-0? Maybe not. But going into each of these games, I played the Panthers. I, I'm admittedly more bullish on them than the market was. I have them uh, to make a wild card game. I have them over their 7.5 total at plus money. So I, I'm a believer in Matt Rule and the way the Panthers are building this organization. 
I don't have them win a Super Bowl just yet, uh, but I really do like them to keep ripping off some wins. I, I'm not as surprised as some at this 2-0 and start, even though they haven't really put up a lot of points to do it. It's been done defensively. Yeah, the defense has looked really good for Carolina so far. Plus 128 are the Panthers right now on FanDuel to make the playoffs. The Saints back to plus money to make the playoffs as well at plus 104. By the way, New England continuing their long win streak against the New York Jets, winning their 11th straight game over New York yesterday. Zach Wilson, a poor performance, four interceptions for the rookie quarterback. So not great for New York. What has been great are the divisions out West, the AFC and the NFC West, off to strong starts in the 2021 season. We talk about that on the other side of the break, the Sports Grid Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 204 with Mike Blewett. I am Ben Stevens. And Mike, so far throughout this NFL season, I think we all expected the NFC West specifically to be one of the most challenging divisions in all of football. The AFC West, obviously the Chiefs leading the way, but has also been very, very good this year. Through the end of week two and all of their outcomes, the AFC and NFC West are combined 13-3 and this year with all three of those losses coming in the final four minutes of regulation or overtime with a winning score in those final four minutes of regulation or overtime. And through that early window yesterday, the AFC and NFC West was off to a perfect 12-0 start throughout the first week and a half or so of this NFL season. So, Mike, I ask you the question, when you look across both divisions right now, who has been the most surprising team to get off to this strong start in the 2021 NFL campaign? Absolutely. The Raiders, no question about it. Having two games like that against the AFC North teams, who you can pick apart the holes in the Ravens and the Steelers, but they are expected to be competitive teams competing for wild card, potentially the division. Uh, obviously, the Browns a tough team as well. But for the Raiders, they get a home game on the Monday night game. They come from behind to beat the Ravens and get an overtime win. Then on a short week, going to the East Coast, playing at 10 a.m., local time against a Steelers team that plays well at home to get a fairly convincing win was impressive. I don't think anybody had the Raiders at 2-0 and a couple of weeks ago, but here they stand with the Denver Broncos also at 2-0 and and the Chiefs looking up at them in the standings. So the Raiders are the pick there. And the AFC, the NFC West was nearly 8-0 and on the season. I mean, that Seattle-Tennessee game was obviously a, a – right down to the wire and Seattle could have made it eight and for the NFC West. It's honestly a little bit surprising. The three teams that have losses so far this season, when you look at the Kansas city chiefs, now the Los yeah. Angeles chargers and the Seattle Seahawks falling in overtime to the Tennessee Titans, like you mentioned. And as we take a look at the AFC West divisional odds right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, again, the Chiefs, the heavy odds on favorite, and rightfully so, at minus 220, coming down a little bit from where they were at the end of last week at minus 290, but still the odds on favorite in that division. The Denver Broncos, who are also off 
to a 2-0 perfect start this season at plus 500 with the second shortest odds. The Chargers plus 550, and then the Raiders there at 8-1 to plus 800. What's interesting to me, Mike, is the discrepancy here in this market between the AFC West divisional odds and the odds to make the playoffs right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Denver is minus 166 to make the playoffs. So more juice on the yes to make the playoffs than there was before. The Chargers are plus 114. The Raiders are plus 110. Slightly shorter odds to make the playoffs than even the LA Chargers right now. So I ask you big picture here, Mike Blewett, and forgive me for looking big picture after only two weeks of the NFL season, but how many teams out of the AFC West do you see being a part of the AFC postseason picture? I mean, the Raiders are actually surprising me right now. Um, the Broncos are benefiting from a really easy schedule, right? They played the Giants and the Jaguars, mm-hmm. both of those teams struggling a lot. And I think the Broncos have a pretty easy game next week. Uh, I can't remember who their opponent is, but they could be off to a 3-0 start and really surprising people. What I would say, though, is if you are a Broncos backer, don't bet them now. They're going to come back to earth at some point. You'll probably get better odds at some point. This might be the peak where they're at, and they may even win next week. I I am confident that the Chiefs and Chargers are making the playoffs. That's how I feel about it. I feel top to bottom, Broncos and Raiders are just not talented enough considering the competition in the AFC. But look, if the Dolphins fall off and maybe the Patriots don't play as well and the Steelers fall off, you might sneak another AFC West team in there. Uh, The ticket I'm holding for the Chargers, which was better than the make the playoffs, yes or no, was an AFC wildcard ticket. So I think I have them at 230 plus 230. So if that market appears again where you can specifically bet teams to make the wild card, although I think it might be done for the year, just keep that in mind. You might get better odds there. We all expect the Chiefs to win the division. So if you can bet one of those other teams to make a wild card as opposed to just make the playoffs, you might actually get better odds. Right. Kansas City losing by one on a comeback in Baltimore just last night. The Chargers, a couple of questionable calls, if you will, down near the goal line from probably prevailing in SoFi yesterday over the Dallas Cowboys. It was also a close call for the one team in the NFC West that has a loss so far this season. The Seattle Seahawks falling to the Tennessee Titans 33-30 to in overtime. But the Rams on the road yesterday getting a win over the Indianapolis Colts. The San Francisco 49ers on the road yesterday against the Philadelphia Eagles, edging out the Eagles 17-11. to The Cardinals winning a very exciting game, a very close game over the Minnesota Vikings thanks to a late-miss field goal out of the Vikes to prevail in the desert as well. So those three teams off to an unbeaten start. When you look at the odds right now, Mike, in the NFC West, it is a very tightly compacted race which I think is an indication from the FanDuel Sportsbook that this is going to be a division to monitor all year long. And although everybody has a plus money price next to their name, it is going to be so tightly contested throughout the year. The Niners, the favorites right now at plus 160. They were the favorites before the season even got underway. The Rams at plus 185. The Seahawks have gotten a little bit longer. They were plus 260 entering Sunday, now plus 420, thanks to that loss in overtime at home yesterday against the Titans. Now, Arizona, plus 500, 5-1 to to win the NFC West. The shortest odds of any team right now, Mike, across the FanDuel Sportsbook that has the longest odds to win their respective division. So I want to start with the Cardinals because they are a fascinating, fun, and exciting team. Do you think there is a realistic path for Arizona to be the NFC NFC West champions, excuse me, when all is said and done? 
Yeah, I think in some to some extent, I think you're crazy if you're betting big to win to, for a division winner here in the NFC West. The Niners were my pick preseason. I'll stick with it. Their their schedule overall was more favorable than the other teams, but in no way would it surprise me if the Rams won, the Seahawks pulled it off. The Cardinals would surprise me a little bit, but maybe, Ben, the way to attack this market is, frankly, to have a little bit of every team, right? Just say you're a $100 better. You have $25 on the Cardinals now, $25 on the Seahawks after losing a game at a little bit longer odds. Maybe the Niners go into a midseason tailspin at some point. You'll get better odds for them at plus 250, maybe plus 300. Perhaps something similar with the Rams. They're not going to rip off 16 wins, right? So maybe having a piece of every team uh, there or uh, multiple teams is a way to attack the market where you can come out on top no matter what. Uh, I'm really impressed with Kyler, as I always am. I have I spread the MVP around a little bit. I have Tom Brady. I certainly have Kyler Murray. I'll probably have a piece of Kyler Murray every year that he's in the league because he's that dynamic. Uh, they need to play better defense. They got bailed out by missed field goal yesterday, and it would have been pinned on their defense. Kyler can't play much better than that. 400 yards passing and three touchdowns. He did throw a killer pick six, but uh, he also ran in a touchdown. So you, you can't play any better than that. He's getting other players involved too. So they need to tighten up the defense if they're going to be a playoff team. Pretty good NFL MVP pick so far, Mike Blewett. Two of the three favorites right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Yeah. You are holding those I got Baker too. with Kyler Murray. And, oh, and Baker. But you probably also yeah. have a lot better value on Kyler Murray, who is now tied for the shortest odds with Patrick Mahomes at plus 500, yes. and probably even better value on Tom Brady, who has the third shortest odds on FanDuel at 7-1. to one. What's so fascinating to me, Mike, and I think you bring up a great point right there, is that there are going to be portions of this season that when you look at the NFC West divisional market on FanDuel, you will have your opportunities to find value once again. There are going to be times where if the Rams go on a two-game losing streak, their odds get longer to win that division, that's when you jump on. That's how I kind of feel about the Seattle Seahawks right now, who when you look at these odds before the year got underway, it was the Niners at plus 190, the Rams at plus 200, the Seahawks at plus 280, and then the Cardinals were there around plus 700, plus 800. I said prior to the year, I thought the value in this market was with the Seattle Seahawks. Now at plus 420, thanks to just an overtime loss against a good Tennessee Titans team that's favored to win the AFC South. At plus 420, I think, again, it is worth a sprinkle on the Seattle Seahawks, presenting some pretty good value at a pretty, pretty big price could be, I'm not going to say it's their largest price of the year, but it might be some of the most plus money you will be able to find on the Seattle Seahawks. And when you look across this division right now, Mike, in the NFC West, all four teams in the minus money category to make the postseason in the NFC. The Cardinals actually have better odds at minus 150 to make the playoffs than do the Seattle Seahawks at minus 136 to make the postseason. Three NFC wildcard spots. Will those all be occupied by teams out of the NFC West? I have my I have my wild card teams written down here. Let me just make sure I don't uh, mess this up. But I had I can tell you exactly what my prediction was. I have Rams and Hawks as the wild card teams, and the Niners winning the division. So I did have three. My other wild card team, kind of a coin flip between the Saints and the Panthers. I don't expect any teams out of the East or the North to make the playoffs as a wild card team. Um, Packers and and you know. Honestly, take your pick of the NFC East teams to win that division. But I do think three teams from the NFC West will make the playoffs. 
Don't forget the AFC West, the NFC West, 13-3 and combined to start off this season. We have an NFC North game tonight on Monday Night Football between the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions. The Packers are the favorite to win the NFC North at the moment. A 12.5-point favorite at home at Lambeau Field tonight on Monday Night Football against the Detroit Lions. The Green Bay Packers looking to bounce back. Aaron Rodgers looking to bounce back as well. We will dissect a little bit of that Monday Night Football action. Both Mike Blewett, myself, and the Director of Trading at the FanDuel Sportsbook, John Sheeran, to give you his thoughts on Monday Night Football and what the action looked like for the FanDuel Sportsbook across week number two of the NFL season. The Sunday slate, Thursday night, we hear from John Sheeran on the other side of the break to hear how this weekend looked in the book across the NFL. We continue our recap and look forward. Stay with us here on The Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Back here on the morning after on SportsGrid, you're listening on Sirius XM Channel 204. I am Ben Stevens, joined with Mike Blewett in this first hour to recap all things NFL Sunday. And now, by the Director of Trading at the FanDuel Sportsbook, it is John Sheeran joining us here to look back at Sunday's slate in the National Football League and take a quick peek at Monday Night Football between the Green Bay Packers and Detroit Lions as well. John, a pleasure to have you here on this Monday morning. Let's first start with Sunday night football between the Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs. The Ravens prevailing, winning outright as the underdog. I'm sure a very public game. How did that look for the FanDuel Sportsbook? Yeah, huge volume in the game, as you say, Ben. Incredible. I think it was uh, two and a half times more volume on that game than any other game on the slate yesterday. So uh, it absolutely fit the uh, criteria for primetime and uh, didn't disappoint in the game as well. Obviously a great game, great spectacle incredible offensive performances from both sides and a really good result for the book unfortunately for the betters out there i think the narrative of um, the demise and the issues and the injuries that the baltimore ravens have had uh, and the trust in the offense of the kansas city chiefs um, was enough to sway everybody for the chiefs and and obviously the ravens uh, winning the game outright was a, a good result for us yeah, the reports of their demise are greatly exaggerated. I think it was probably a bailout game, right? We had nine and six uh, for the dogs yesterday, 12 and four last week. So early in the season, while he expected to balance out, I think a lot of the casual bladders playing favorites is not going their way, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was enough yesterday on the entire slate um, of upsets for it to be uh, another pretty good week after the, the week one uh, results that you mentioned. John, one of those outright winners yesterday as an underdog on the road out east in Pittsburgh. The Las Vegas Raiders off to a 2-0 start. A very impressive team and a very impressive division in the AFC West. What have you made of Las Vegas' start to this season? Yeah, I mean, obviously a highly emotional uh, opening week for them on Monday Night Football. A short week to come over, to fly over um, across the country and come and play a, a Pittsburgh Steelers team who would obviously look really impressive in week one. 
at least defensively, and I thought it was going to be too much for them. I really liked Pittsburgh in that game. I thought they'd get a lot of pressure on Derek Carr, but had some minor concerns about the offense, and those minor concerns, I think, need to be upgraded after the weekend, uh, especially after losing Deontay Johnson with five seconds left on the clock on a meaningless play to what seemed to be a pretty serious knee injury. So I think it's time for the Steelers fans to start to worry, and maybe it's time for Ben to hang up his boots too. Oh, geez. Like right right here on the show, uh, I'm, I'm the Steelers fan, and uh, it was worrisome. The only hope that I have, John, is that they did lose. They didn't have a couple of defenders going into the game. They lost T.J. Watt, Tyson Alualu uh, during the game yesterday. So hopefully they get a little bit healthier defensively and actually stop someone like Derek Carr or quarterbacks in the future. The game that I misread the worst yesterday, it might be Raiders-Steelers, but the one that I really misread the most was Bills-Dolphins. Bills just ran over them. Dolphins obviously lose to uh, in the middle of the game. I'm curious what the market looked like with that game, the Bills were going down to Miami in 100-degree heat, and we thought that, that they might suffer as a result of it, but it was the Dolphins who suffered. We made a small loss on the game. I think there was enough Bills fans there. Uh, I think the record against Miami has been really excellent, and those games have gone over by a big average, I believe, in the last four meetings. I think the Bills have now covered, I think, maybe in five straight against the Dolphins. Uh, yeah. And I think that narrative was enough to get uh, everybody on uh, on the Buffalo uh, train. And obviously with two going down under a pretty big hit, it, uh, it was never really in danger from there. The only saving grace for, for us in that game was the under with just uh, 35 points all from the Bills. John, Mike and I just talked about this in our last segment, how good the AFC West has been, but also the NFC West. And right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook, all four teams in the NFC West division are in the minus money category to make the playoffs right now. What have you seen out of the NFC West that has impressed you the most? Um, I don't really know. I mean, uh, it's two weeks in. Let's not lose run of or the, you know, the rubs. I think all four of the sides are good football teams. We spoke about them last week in terms of the betting for the conference, but it's so early in the season. I, I wouldn't be getting carried away with biases towards divisions right now uh, let's see how they fall down in maybe eight or ten weeks time and see where they are from there but they're all good sides expect them all to be um, involved in the postseason as you say given they're all minus uh, money now uh, and they're uh, all potentially uh, have eyes on the Super Bowl too so uh, just a little early for me to to rule on them for now so two teams that have really gotten off to absolutely brutal starts and their odds are reflected, at least in the divisional odds, are the Jets in the AFC and the Falcons in the NFC. So I would imagine we'll see these spreads start to grow uh, quite a bit. But I'm curious how much, because it's still early in the season, do you have to put a cap on how large these spreads can get? We actually saw this week three nearly two touchdown spreads already. Yeah, I mean... It- you're right. I mean, we obviously base a lot of our ratings heavily on priors. And for those two teams in particular, um, you got to start to question whether or not we should lean more towards recency. Obviously, the Falcons had a pretty bad year last year, and that's incorporated in their number. 30-1 to 1 now to win the NFC South, I think, is probably a little flattering. I don't believe they've even got that sort of chance of winning the division. I agree. Coming up against the reigning Super Bowl champions. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, it's something we'll watch closely, but you're right. I think fundamentally you will see money uh, on the spreads against both of those teams. That's nothing new, and they'll probably represent, at least on our ratings, a little bit of value, and it takes a brave man uh, to go in three weeks in a row betting on the Falcons, but that might just be me this week. 
The Falcons plus 12 and a half yesterday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs covering and winning that game. Another big spread in Cleveland yesterday. The Browns minus 13 against the Houston Texans. John, how did those two games look with very hefty spreads for the FanDuel Sportsbook? Yeah, like you say, I think the vast majority of the public, and I was with the public on the Browns, I thought that they would have a lot of su success against uh, that Texans defense. I was just a little bit surprised how well uh, Houston managed to move the ball. I think Tyrod Taylor showed a lot of poise, and then obviously the big hit on Baker Mayfield, although he did manage to get back into the game. I was a little bit disappointed in Cleveland yesterday, uh, particularly defensively, like I said, to give up 21 points against Houston when you're as dominant as you are. And that game was in the balance for a lot of that game until deep into the fourth quarter. Uh, that was pretty surprising to me. So those were the kind of key results for us getting you know, covers in those two games, as you mentioned, uh, pretty favorable from our perspective. Yeah, Rams-Colts game had to be one of the sweatiest games out there as well. Three and a half in a lot of places. So hang on, uh, the Colts do to the cover, but the loss. The Rams now being 2-0 and oh, um, with that entire vision, division playing well. Is there a sense that the Rams, given these two victories, have maybe a little bit more momentum than maybe some of the other NFC West teams? I think this is going to be a division that's going to be hard to cap for the whole year. Would you agree? Um, yeah, I think for me, the, the, the front two are the two to focus on. We, we like the Niners going into the season. I don't think they've anything done anything to for us to change our opinion of them. And then obviously we felt like Matthew Stafford was a huge upgrade in, in, in Los Angeles and that Rams team of a hell of a lot of talent, as we saw yesterday. I think it was a bit of a, a, you know, it was an okay performance yesterday. I wouldn't have given it the top grade, and I think it was the same from them in week one. But it is new, and Stafford is trying to build a new offense. It looks like McVay is trying to tailor it more uh, towards his capabilities than necessarily what we saw under Jared Goff previously. So I think you'll see continued improvement as long as they stay healthy. They've got all the pieces to be you know, a really big player in the Super Bowl this year. And I, th I don't think you're wrong in the fact that they probably have a little bit more momentum. I think they're healthier than the Niners, though, particularly defensively. So I, I still see a pretty high ceiling for San Francisco. John, my favorite prop play of NFL weekend number two was Cooper Cup going over his receiving yards of 67 and a half is where I got it over the weekend. How did the prop action look for the NFL market this week? Uh, I haven't looked at it in isolation yet. It's obviously only just Monday morning. Uh, pretty high-scoring game last night. Plenty of offense will have hurt us. Uh, I think, you know, you highlight Cooper Cup. I mean, he's just built for Matthew Stafford, isn't he, in that offense? So his his yards uh, likely to grow over the over the next couple of weeks, I would think. But conversely, probably some good opportunities from some of the other ones who maybe dropped off a little bit to, to be value moving forward. So, uh, yeah, we're excited by the prop market. The public love it. We invest a lot of time in it. So... Excited to see kind of how that goes. I'm sure you smashed on the Tyreek Hill pro over props yesterday. He didn't get off to any kind of start yesterday. Three for 14 last night. So let's look a little bit at Monday night. Lions-Packers, uh, just from yesterday at this time, it's gone down a full point, 11 and a half right now. The Packers, for a team to play as badly as the Packers played in week one and yet still be a double-digit favorite, is probably has some people a little bit wary. I'm curious what the handle looks like and if people are just trying to take the points in week two yeah i think the performance of the underdogs and the narrative being driven by the media i think is, is is definitely swaying people and like you say i think that's reflected by the drop in in the line uh as well um we've definitely seen more of a spread so far than i would have thought on both the spread market 
Uh, and actually, uh, right now on the money line, the Detroit Lions a significantly worse result for us um, than the Green Bay Packers. I think we've taken 3,000 bets on the Green Bay Packers on the money line and nearly 12,000 on the Lions. So that's quite surprising. Not unusual for people to take the dog on the money line, though. Yeah. Um, I just feel like this is a perfect spot for a redemption for the Green Bay Packers. It was one game. They didn't perform well. The Saints let that down again yesterday as well, which might be another worry. Um, But I watched the Aaron Rodgers interview during the week, and he seemed uh, really confident, as he normally does, admittedly. But it was one game, and I expect to see the Green Bay Packers bounce back uh, pretty impressively tonight. Lions on the money line, you square folks out there. I hope it was just a small sprinkle on that money line. That is John, bold. when you have the Packers, it is very, very bold. When you have the Packers favored by 11 and a half and a total at 48 and a half, how do those two markets correlate as you explain it to a casual sports better when you look at a big spread with a slightly smaller total? Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of people will be... Um, Confirming that the Packers on the spread in, into the over, um, I think you know I for one probably prefer the over and think you know if I expect Green Bay to bounce back offensively uh, against a pretty weak secondary, particularly with Akuda now gone, um, I just think they'll have a ton of success there. And from my perspective, I like I, I definitely like the Green the Green Bay the favorite the, the square whatever you want to call it uh, into the over as well. So uh, obviously a lot of correlation when point total is reasonably low and more often than not you want to take the plus side but not for me so we only got like a minute left i'll ask you a really simple layup question what's the team in the nfl that surprised you the most either to the negative or the positive wow we're two weeks in mike uh it's not as much of a layup as 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 you as you might imagine um i don't know I can't give you an answer. I don't. I don't think I have a team. It's, like I said, it's it's a little early for us to rule on them. We'd rather see yeah. a better body of work from everybody before we uh, make a decision on them. I think the teams that have performed well, you would have expected of Tampa Bay, were offensively pretty impressive in both games. Same for the Chiefs. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I'll, I'll reserve judgment for another couple of weeks. It's an honest answer, John Sheeran. We talked. Hey, that's very honest. We talked so much NFL in this segment. I didn't even get to ask you my college football question of the week and what's going on with your Pac-12 right now. The Pac-12 South, not looking great. But we'll reserve your thoughts for Friday when we have you back here on the morning after. John Sheeran, the Director of Trading at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Thanks very much, and we'll talk to you later this week. Thank you, guys. Have a good week. So John Sheeran sharing thoughts on Monday Night Football, looking back on the weekend number two slate on Sunday in the NFL. We look to the public to see who they have been impressed by so far throughout this young NFL season. We round out our number one with our Fade the Public poll right here on The Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 204. The winning SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Back here on the morning after on Sports Grid Sirius XM Channel 204. I have been joined by Mike Blewett for the entirety of this first hour. I am Ben Stevens, and we round out our number one, looking back on the NFL weekend that was with our poll, Fade the Public. So, Mike, as you alluded to right there with the director of trading at the FanDuel Sportsbook, asking him which NFL team so far this season has been the most surprising. That was our question for the public as well. Which 2-0 unbeaten team so far has been the most surprising in your eyes? Is it the Denver Broncos, the Las Vegas Raiders, the Arizona Cardinals, or the Carolina Panthers? And the overwhelming winner with the public, the Las Vegas Raiders at nearly 48 and a half percent Mike I asked you that same question early on you also said the Raiders so not necessarily fading the public but what did you make of the public's response here I think they probably feel the way I do that that you have to really look at the schedules when you're talking about these two and O teams the Broncos had the Giants and Jaguars the Cardinals are might be a pretty damn good team uh the Panthers they played the Jets team which is obviously down and the Saints on a really tough spot where they're missing seven coaches and on the road, I think the Saints will be a good team, but not dominant. So for them to lose a road divisional game isn't that much of a shock. The Raiders being able to pull off a 2-0 start against the Ravens and the Steelers when many people probably had them at 0-2 after that is the most impressive. It's You have to give them credit. I have doubts about the Raiders for the rest of the year, but that's a great start for them. Derek Carr, 382 passing yards yesterday as well. Again, the props market gives you a ton of edges and opportunities on the FanDuel Sportsbook. And the passing attack for the Raiders this year seems like it is going to be prolific and put up those big numbers. Mike Blewett, the host of Pro Football Today here across the Sports Grid Network. You can catch him each and every Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern to 1 p.m. Eastern, getting you set for NFL Sunday action. Mike, thanks so much for joining us here this first hour. Thanks, bud. Good luck the rest of the show. I'll talk to you again soon. Appreciate it, Mike. That was the NFL Hour recap in the weekend. Now we go college football. Looking back on weekend number three, Joe Lisi joins us next. Stay right here on The Grid. How to spot a sports gaming winner. They listen to us. Don't rely on luck. Get the expert information you need. The winning edge. 